podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy topics for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. I'm Rosie Mom for today, <laughs> and with me is my my bachelor of a lifetime, George. Yes. Okay. We're, we're switching places today. Yes, we are switching places today, and we're actually going to give a primer for nerds mm-hmm. who are forced to watch an episode of The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Ooh, this will okay. be interesting. Yeah. So, um, little little be notes to most of our our listeners. I actually am a... I, I've been watching um, Bachelor and then Bachelorette since it first started. Missed a couple seasons in the early times but watched the first three or four and then skipped a couple and then got back into it and um george watches with me every monday and the the fascinating thing for me is that he's extremely astute in sort of um picking up on on uh, what's happening and what's happening so it's it's um fun fact so um bachelor has existed um, started in 2002, so it's been 18 years. Damn. Yeah, eight, it's 18 years. There have been um, 24 Bachelor seasons. The first couple of years, they actually ran with, um, the first four years, they actually ran with two Bachelor seasons a year. Okay. And then um, then didn't start Bachelorette until their, their fifth year. Um, so there have been 24 seasons of The Bachelor, 16 seasons of The Bachelorette, Okay. The schedule works. Um, they actually film Bachelor films from September to November. Starts airing in January, finishes airing in March. Okay. Um, Bachelorette actually has a much tighter schedule. It will start filming um, actually two weeks from now. So it'll, it'll start filming a week after Bachelor ends airing. Um, so it'll start filming in in mid-March. It'll end filming the first week of May, start airing the first week of June. So it's got a much tighter editing turnaround. That is rather short, actually. Yeah, it is short. Um, and, and, then, and then while it's airing, Bachelor in Paradise will actually um, start filming. And the fun, the fun fact there is that you'll see, see people enter Bachelor in Paradise right as they get uh, booted off or eliminated from Bachelorette. You'll see guys um, who don't come on to Bachelor in Paradise. They actually will, will leave Bachelorette. Um, it finishes in May, but, but while it's airing, it'll look like they just left Bachelorette and just entered onto Bachelor in Paradise. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a weird transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, e- you know, each season airs um, anywhere from, from 10 to 12 episodes. Well, really, that's, that's it? It always feels longer. It feels longer, but it, it actually, if you'll think about it, it started airing the first Monday after New Year's. Yeah. And we will finish airing next, um, next Monday and Tuesday. So about, yeah, about yeah. 10 weeks. So, so it's um, actually the, the Women Tell All episode was episode number 10. 11 okay. and 12 will air on Monday and Tuesday. And that's, and that's a pretty traditional um, breakdown for it. Um, if you're not uh, used to the franchise, it's kind of an odd theme. You have a bachelor and anywhere from 25 to 30. In the last couple of years, it really has been closer to 30 every, every uh, season. Um, 25 to 30 contestants who are vying for his love and affection. So he's literally 
swabbing saliva. Um, in these days with coronavirus, you kind of wonder about the whole thing. Um, he's actually swapping saliva with, you know, six, seven, eight girls on the same night. Um, especially once you get a couple episodes in and he's kissing everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, they have, have 25 to 30 contestants. Um, the first six episodes, it takes six episodes to get you down to what they refer to as the final four. Really? Yeah, really. So, so when you think about the first, the first night, so the first night, yeah, no, it takes a while to pare it down. You ready? It, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to go through this cycle for you. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking about it now. And I keep remembering, yeah, it's like a two-hour episode. It's a two-hour episode every Monday. Every Monday. And it always feels like it just takes forever to get through it sometimes, depending on how many girls there are. And yeah. Keep track so, of I that. mean, understand that, you know, the first night you get this sort of rundown of who The Bachelor is. You see a couple of videos of a couple of the contestants. Um, the contestants get out of the car one by one. So they go in limo groups of four. And they get out of the car one by one and walk up and meet the bachelor. And, and and sometimes they try to do something memorable. There have been all sorts of stupid stunts. Um, there what was, are some stupid stunts, Mom? Some stupid stunts. There have been people who came in on horses. There okay. have been people who came in on um, came in in race cars. Okay. Um, there have been people who came several times, both men and women, dressed up. Um, one woman made it through the entire first episode dressed as a dolphin in a dolphin costume. Another guy, um, you never saw his face during the first episode. He came as dressed as a knight because he was her knight in shining armor. That's clever. It's clever. Um, this particular season, because pilot Pete is famed for having had sex four times with the previous bachelorette in a windmill, um, one woman came with a windmill apparatus on her back. Number of them tried to come in as stewardesses. Yeah, because he's a pilot. Number came in as stewardesses. Um, so there's always some sort of like make yourself memorable, and you have to because um, there again are 25 to 30 women. He's not going to remember the names. Um, how it ends up working, you know, some people will bring him a gift. Um, Madison this year brought him a painting, or Madison or Hannah Ann brought him a painting that she painted with her father. Um, so they'll try to bring something memorable or dress something memorable or say something memorable. Um, one of the cute ones a couple of years ago was there was a pediatric nurse who came in with a stethoscope and a very low cut dress and, and handed the, the uh, bachelor the stethoscope and said, I want you to hear my heart and hear how fast my heart is beating, which forced him to of course put, his, put the stethoscope up against her chest. Mm. Um, by the way, she won. Well, um, that's she, kind of a slight, been, no, yeah. not quite so sly move. Yeah. So, um, so it was, it was effective. Um, so the first night, um, he basically has a series of five, 10 minute, five to 10 minute conversations with, uh, 25 to 30 women. And it starts as soon as the sun goes down, seven thirty, eight o'clock, um, the girls start arriving. And um, and you'll notice the, the the driveway is always wet while they're arriving because it just looks better. That's, that's the same true for wrestlers as well. If you've ever watched wrestlers with long hair, all the hair is always wet for God knows what reason. It's never yeah, because it because it, it creates a look. So so the first night he he sits and and talks to all these different women and and there was a great spoof on it on um, SNL. SNL has parodied. Um, 
bachelor or bachelorette several times um but there's a, a a great great spoof in which the girls come in and they say i'm da 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 and i and all oh, and and the bachelor just keeps repeating oh i love that and uh it's it, the conversations are are pretty stupid yeah, yeah. I, I guess because so, you're just trying to get him to remember you're just trying to get him to remember you mm-hmm. and and the girl who's the most memorable ends up with the first impression rose but the you know the the truth is first of all um during this entire time and this is true during the entire run of the show actually um they are applying these girls with alcohol applying these guys with alcohol it's a lot of alcohol um contestants come off the show and and that's one of the first comments that the candid contestants will say is they constantly try to keep you drunk because when you're drunk you'll say something stupid or you'll so, do something stupid. Or you'll do likely. something stupid, yeah. Or yeah. maybe in the case of the, the, when it's the bachelor, the females will go a little, a little cuckoo sometimes. Well, I mean, you get, you get a lot of, of um, behavior that, that, you know, in retrospect you might not no. get. So, um, so there's a lot of alcohol served. But um, as the evening runs on, this starts at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Um, and it doesn't end until five six seven o'clock in the morning so if you look at the there's a picture every season taken that's all the contestants out in front of the mansion and i should should mention the first couple of episodes take place with everybody staying in the mansion except for the bachelor or the bachelorette themselves um and i'll give you some information on the on the mansion in just a moment but um they start arriving and then they have these chit chats. Well, by the time it comes for the bachelor to hand out the first set of roses, in which he'll eliminate, you know, depending on how many women he starts with, um, he'll eliminate anywhere from five to seven, eight women um, the first night, which is why you have to be memorable. Yes. Because that's actually the biggest number of eliminations for a single night in the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, by the time he actually gets to um, the rose ceremony, uh, he actually only gives out a couple, like three roses at a time, and then he goes back and speaks to producers because he's actually picking from pictures because he doesn't remember all these names. He's not going to remember all these names, so he'll hand out three or four, and then um, and then he'll he'll stop and they'll they'll cut filming. And he'll he'll go back and and uh, you know the producers will give him the names of the next several that he's going to, and the producers dictate the order. Oh, so so he's already gone to the back, figured out who he wants, but they're going to dictate who the producers going to tell him which ones and what names when. In, in what order and who they're going to make wait and and sometimes what you see air is not the same order in which they were actually called out. Really. Yeah, there have been a couple of times when when um, people have pointed out that somebody who shouldn't have already had a rose was standing in the the stack of women with, with roses. One, with okay. roses. So um, several times they've caught that people um, were edited out of order for specific reasons. During the entire evening, um, and this is true of all the dates, there's what they call ITMs, which are in the moment interviews so there's always a room set up with a camera and, and several producers and um, they they record these uh, 
contestants, men or women contestants, and the bachelor or bachelorette themselves, um, record their reactions to things. They'll ask them prompts. You don't ever hear the prompt, but they'll ask them um, questions. So what did you think of Ryan? And the girl will say, oh, he's so cute. I just can't believe he's even better looking in person, da 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 da, da. And sometimes the comments will be like, how do you feel in this like, like room full of beautiful women? And, you know, you'll get some girl who says, I, I'm just, I'm not, you know, I didn't expect everybody to be so pretty. And I, it, it, you know, I, you'll, they'll show their lack of self-confidence and their mm -hmm. insecurity and, um, and, and sometimes get very emotional. All those little segments are filmed. And sometimes the order of the rose ceremony sort of plays off of some of those little segments that they'll edit in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why sometimes the order um, of, of the recipients around. gets moved okay. around. So how long does this first rose ceremony actually take at the end of the day? The first rose ceremony um, takes about an hour. Because when they cut it, it's all like five, ten minutes maybe. Exactly. It's exactly that. Um, so the first one takes... Because he doesn't know any of these names. Oh, absolutely no. no. If there's 30 women in front of... And and they'll and they'll film ITMs in the middle of it too. Oh really? Yeah, they'll pluck a girl whose name hasn't been called yet, um, and he's halfway through. They, and they'll and they'll they'll give her a little ITM in which he says, "I need to think I'm gonna go home on night one." There's always one of those. Interesting. Yeah. So um, so the first night runs all night. They take the next day off. Then they start filming the dates. Now, when they refer to weeks, bachelor weeks are not... Full weeks. Not full weeks. They're four days. Okay. Okay, so a bachelor week, for the first, at least for the first couple of episodes, are four days. Um, they stay in, in Los Angeles. They might have um, dates that leave. Go to Vegas, go, go to Arizona, go to the Grand Canyon, someplace close by, go to San Francisco. A short hop Yeah, a short hop. Um, they might have dates that leave, but they stay in Los Angeles for the next two episodes. Okay. Okay. So uh, the next two episodes, the next several episodes actually, are have a pattern of having two group dates and one one-on-one. -on -one. So it's usually group date, group date, one-on-one, -on -one, or group date, one-on-one, -on -one, group date. Okay. Okay. But that takes all of four days. So it goes group date and they just flow one right into another um, group date and then a one-on-one -on -one, and then a group date and then a rose ceremony and every episode ends with the rose ceremony typically typically it doesn't always happen like if you went if you looked at Kate Bristow's um, Caitlin Bristow's season um, her rose ceremony because that season was just a mess um, her her rose ceremonies tended to happen in the middle because they were trying to stretch the season out was, so it, it wasn't a good season, or it, it, or it was just a it hot mess? It, 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 it was just a hot mess. It lost control. They never did have hometowns. It lost so much control. Oh, wow. There are a number of things that happened, and we'll, we'll maybe talk a little bit about some of the things that happened. Um, but the way the season flows is that, um, you know, they stay in the mansion for the first couple of weeks. And when we say weeks, again, those are bachelor weeks. It's actually eight days. So it's, it's the first night, it's actually 10 days. It's the first episode, the first night, mm -hmm. a day off so that everybody can get some sleep because they were all up all night, OK? 
Okay. Okay. And then the first four, um, the first four days, which are one week, week one, episode two, mm-hmm. and the next four days, episode three. Okay. Okay. So ten days into it, you've already filmed three episodes. That's a lot. It is. Um, it actually, when you think about it, you're getting those twelve episodes out of a, a filming period that is that is eight or nine weeks. Hmm. Yeah. And it slows down towards the end, and we'll we'll talk about some of the timing um, and why it slows down. Okay. Okay. The mansion itself is is at this point quite famous. Keep people keep trying to break into it. Um, until 2008, it was owned by a family who actually lived in it. Um, and and just sort of left, and they brought in furniture. Um, <coughs> they brought in furniture while it was filming, and then the family would move back in. Um, it was sold in 2008, um, and now you know the back. The production company doesn't actually own it. You would think uh, that they would want to buy it at this point. Yeah, you would think you would think that they would. Dollars. Yeah, you would think that they would. It's not necessarily a- Airbnb, but um, from what I understand, you can rent it. Um, that there's there's the people who uh, the ownership of it is a for for money sort of thing, like a capital investment company or something. Yeah, and and think if you think about it, so the Bachelor films in it for basically two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, twice a year, so only ever gets used a month out of the year. They might come back and film a rose ceremony after hometown dates, although lots of times those have been in other locations. Mm-hmm. Um, Peters was in an airport hangar, as an example. Because he's a pilot, of course. Because he's a pilot. But, it's, <laughs> but that's not the first time it's been in an airport hangar either. So um, so the, the, the mansion itself, even though you think of it as sort of the site for the show, only gets used for, for two weeks. It's, it's always kind of interesting. Um, so each of these, each of these evenings, he's eliminating at each of these ceremonies, um, the first couple of ceremonies, he's eliminating three women. Um, that's why it's pairs down kind of slowly. You have three, yeah, maybe four. So like, so let's say for example, we started with 30 women that first night and we pair it down to 22, 23 some odd women. Uh-huh. And then we keep going three or four every single week it would seem right yeah so you get that da- you don't get down to the final four until you get to episode six at the end of episode six you're at your final four I'm trying to do the math in my head so like if you had 23 and you uh, and you had um three or four militia, you, you have, have 20. You, have, you have five episodes to get or four episodes to get it down Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's three or four women a week. Some some self-eliminate. Some um, if you go. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's quite a number that'll just either eliminate themselves or. If you go on a one-on-one date mm-hmm. and you don't get a rose at the end of the date, you're eliminated. Yeah. So that's that's one of those things. If you're on a and and if you go on a group date and you get the the group date rose because there's one group date rose for every group date. Okay. Um, and you get a group date rose, you're safe for that week as well. So at the rose ceremony, you already have a rose. Has there been a lot of one-on-one dates in which they don't get the rose? Um, there's there's at least one or two every year in which they don't. Is it early in the season or like m- later in the they season? Can be, they could be um, midway through the season. I think I, I, I don't think it's ever the first, second, or third 
week episode. Sort of okay. Yeah, because I think those ones are, are um, ones in which the lead gets to sort of choose who they want to spend more time with. They let production know. Okay. Okay. The group dates are usually, they can be anywhere from six, seven, eight, um, as large as 10 women mm-hmm. or men um, on a group date. But during the first two weeks, not everybody gets a date. There's usually a couple of people, you know, two or three people who don't get any date. Um, because, oh. yeah, because there are just too many of them. What happens is those people are like the next on the chopping block to get eliminated or like... A lot of times, move? actually a lot of times they're not. It's it's always kind of interesting to watch. Um, a lot of times those are people that the, the lead already feels pretty pretty secure about. So it's not necessarily a bad sign not to get a date, but you do kind of, I think um, for the contestants that don't, I think they kind of feel like they fell behind mm. um, because they're not building. Now they do get time for the cocktail party for the, before the rose ceremony to grab Peter and talk to him and spend some time with him. And they get a cocktail party after like every like, cause every, so like every date's usually like something they do in the daytime. Uh-huh, and, and, then, then, and then some sort of like evening event or or, any, or a cocktail if it's like a group thing. Yeah, so every date has sort of a, a daytime activity. They've they've been they've been really stupid things. Um, lately, they've been centered a lot around sex. Um, because uh, Peter was tell, uh, it was well, no, no, not just Peter though. It's been it's been several. Um, there's there's almost always some sort of performance date. Where there's like some sort of artist or something playing. No, 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 no. By performance date, I mean there's a group date in which the um, contestants have to perform. Ah. And um, this year, like this season, it was supposed to be that they were all going to talk, tell a story about sex because Peter was in a, a windmill. But then Hannah Brown showed up, and there was an emotional moment with with the the past Bachelorette, the season that Peter came off of, and so that date got canceled. But there's there's been talent shows. There's been um, modeling dates there was a modeling date this year yes there was that there's always been like um, some sort of like football adjacent of something there's football soccer basketball there's been all sorts of sports uh, especially when it's men um there's there's been kickboxing when there's been men and one guy actually got a concussion um so there's usually some sort of activity and then they change. They bring clothes with them. They don't go back to a hotel to change. They bring clothes with them, mm-hmm. and they change. And there's an evening portion of the date. And if it's a one-on-one, you're right. There's usually some sort of performer. There, um, it that hasn't always been true, but over the last like ten years, um, it's been a way for new artists to appear. Well, artists you might not have heard of, or or, or artists are, signed to the production company. Yeah, exactly. Signed to to because remember Disney is the owner of ABC, and ABC airs. The mouse will own everything at one point. Yeah, well, I mean, it's actually filmed by uh, Warner Brothers. The show. Yeah, that's true. But but there's some cooperation with Disney, and and um, they're recording artists that that frequently come on. Um. So there's usually an activity followed by um, either some sort of, um, if it's a one-on-one, sort of some sort of performance, dinner in a romantic place, something like that. If it's a group date, it's usually like a cocktail party. Okay. And one thing you'll notice on, um, even on the one-on-one dates, even though there's food served, nobody ever actually eats. They eat before the date. 
Well, you don't want to get food on your dress. What? And or, you, and you don't want to interfere. You know, you don't want conversations to take place with people who just took a bite full of something. Plus, I mean, like, if you got mics, everyone's mic'd up too, right? Everybody's mic'd up. And so if everyone's mic'd up. It, They're mic'd 24-7, by the way. They're mic'd in the house. So here's one thing I will say about, it's pretty easy to mic a guy, typically. I they've mean, got like, more clothes on. They've typically, they've typically got more clothes on. They're a lot more baggy. It's not, not quite so tight-fitting. Like, I'm somewhat curious where they put a lot of the stuff for women. Because, again, when we get to Bachelor in Paradise, you can clearly see when, like, men have, like, a recording necklace on. Yeah. And women all, you know, but you can see the, like, the receiver in their pants. Women often have it just the back of their bra of their tops. The back of their bathing suits. And it's um, and I'm always curious, like they don't always look like they have a necklace on either. Yeah, so where is um, it placed sometimes? Yeah, so so um, it's interesting to see how they do mic them in, in the evening gowns as well. Um, it's yeah, it's it. I think they're pretty creative about doing it, but you are constantly mic'd. Surprising, nobody's come out with a smaller mic at all just yet. Well, and, and I kind of wonder if somehow the mic itself is smaller and hanging from an ear or an earring or something. Yeah. So th that I'm not I'm not quite... Um, It'd be an interesting notion. Clear on. Um, after after the... Um, first two first, or three weeks. After the, yeah, after the first three episodes, um, they'll travel domestically. So mm. they'll go someplace in the United States. It's been everything from Hoboken to Cincinnati to... Um, Indianapolis, I think, was this year. Yeah, so it's been it's been different places. Um, this season was kind of funny because he's like, "We're going to somewhere magical and such and such," and, every, and all the girls are like, Ooh. "Ooh, what is it going to be?" We're going to Indianapolis, and everyone was like, "Oh, oh. it's fun! It's fun to watch them fake the enthusiasm for whenever that's announced because it's it's rarely it's not like they go to as many episodes have been in Vegas I don't know that they've very often stayed in Vegas I can't think of very many times they've actually stayed there no, but maybe Jersey City maybe but I mean yeah so um, so they go someplace domestically um, but it stays with the same format okay okay it isn't until you get um, you start traveling internationally which will usually be the following week so episode five and remember by episode six we're down to four so when we um, when we travel internationally, we're usually at eight. Okay. Okay, we've, we've gotten it to eight. Um, and then the following episode to six. And at that point, sometimes you can have some things change. Um, so episode episode five, you frequently have a two-on-one date. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So the two-on-one date takes... Um, so you might have a group date, a one-on-one -on -one date, and a two-on-one date. And the, and the two-on-one date, somebody's going home. Sometimes both of them, more than once, it's been both of them going home. I remember one home. season where it was both of them. Oh, Chris Solis's famous season uh, was Kelsey and Ashley I. And, and you had this, this scene of Ashley I. They were out on this island in the middle of nowhere. Um, and Ashley, I was 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 crying, and she didn't know that Kelsey had been let go, and she was all tears. And then and and you kind of and then you watched Kelsey let go, and I always wondered, did they go back in the same helicopter and find out? Because you're not going to say it separate. Been, it would have been more interesting if if like dinner had been on a dock, and then 
two of them left on a boat and they left the last person there. Oh, that to... has happened too. <laughs> that has happened. We just screened it in my head and it just and came where, out. where they're just watching the other person go away. They're watching the other person take off on a boat, take off in a helicopter. Lots of boats, lots of helicopters. So two seasons ago, I remember that happening. It was Chicken Guy and... what? God, what is his name? Because I always forget his name. He's one of my favorite model guys that's always on Bachelor in Paradise now. He actually got kicked off the Jordan. In Jordan, yeah. They had a two-on-one day. Ch- guy who came in a chicken suit got let go first. And then I guess the Bachelorette, who I can't remember her name. Becca. Becca, you know, went back with Jordan and was basically like, yeah, not you either. Yeah. So a lot of times the two-on-one date is, is two people. It's never a good sign to get that date. Um, because it, it generally is that that um, the lead doesn't really like either one, and even if one's kept, the other one has likely got a death wish. Right. I mean, this time. I mean, this this season it was Tammy and McKenna, and if you'll recall, he let Tammy go, but then at the rose ceremony, he let McKenna go too. Oh. It came up on the women tell all. She asked. McKenna asked, well, if you were going to let me go anyway, why didn't you just let me go at the yeah. end of that date rather than making me st- sit through another rose ceremony? And and he he said, well, because I, I wasn't quite sure. Mm. So that that's that's a typical fifth fifth, uh, episode. Fifth week, fifth yeah. Episode. Okay. Um, so the, the, the sixth episode, which gets you to the final four, and mm-hmm. the final four is a big thing because after that come hometown dates. Ooh, what is a hometown date? Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. So, okay. so um, usually on the um, the sixth episode, you have several one-on-one dates. And, and, and again, if you don't get a rose on your one-on-one, you're out of there. Um, and, uh, but, but the one-on-one dates are, are um, I, actually, I should say, you're going to get dismissed on the one-on-one date, mm-hmm. and yeah, and if and if you don't get a rose, you're you, if you don't get a rose, you're out of there. If you get a rose, you get you know you're getting a hometown date, and then there's and then there's usually there's three one-on-one dates, and one group date with three women. Okay. And the group date with three women typically doesn't have an activity. Um, it's often it used to have an activity, but now it's more often that they go someplace pretty. Um, with gardens where they can walk and he can just talk to each of them individually and spend some more time. Um, and um, you might get dismissed during the daytime portion. There's usually only um, maybe two women who go to the nighttime portion. Um, but there is a rose ceremony the next day and one of and, and somebody's going to go home. They don't just do the rose ceremony there at all? or Oh, because they have to have all the other three girls... Or guys that did make it to hometowns, all there to congratulate each other with champagne. Yeah, so um, so that that date usually does get you know does get uncomfortable because by the time he's down to six, he spent a lot of time with, with each of them. I mean this this one he uh, this time he let go of Kelsey and and Kelly, both of whom he seemed to have some sort of connection. Or no, no Kelsey got a hometown. Yes, Kelsey got a hometown. I'm trying to remember who else he let go of. We let go of the the sensible one. That that's Kelly. Okay. Yeah, and he kept the the other two. This this particular bachelor likes drama, but that gets you down to your final four. Okay, and this is where 
your dates, your weeks, rather than taking four days and once you're traveling internationally, a travel day, mm -hmm. um, your weeks actually start taking more time. Filming hometowns actually takes a week and a half. Really? Yeah. So when at the point where you're filming hometowns, you have travel day, date, travel day, date, travel day, date, travel day, date, travel day, rose ceremony. Okay, so you're doing four dates, four days of five days of travel, four dates, and then the rose ceremony. So yeah, the, okay, the rose days. ceremony is typically in the evening on a day that they've all traveled. Okay, but but you you have you have to get to every place, and then you have to get everybody back to one place. So so here's a question that, that I'll ask. Typically, as they've been going around, they all the either all the contestants have all been in the same hotel, facade, building, what, whatever it is, bungalows. They've all been in the same place. When they get to hometowns, do they get to go home and for several days? Or are they, st or are they just like, no, we're all in Cincinnati right now. So one person goes to California and then comes back. Then another person goes to Chicago and then comes back. Is that how it works? Okay, so, so here's the interesting thing. During the time, you know, the, the mansion that they're in, which is in Agora Hills um, for the first couple of weeks, is a six-bedroom mansion. Six bedrooms, nine bathrooms. Still trying to make the math work there. Um, so, um, and they're sharing rooms. Mm -hmm. They're 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 four to a room. With bunk beds, I would presume. With bunk beds. So, um, when they're in the mansion, they're they're sharing rooms. And when they're in hotels, they're sharing rooms. They're typically they typically try to put them three to a room. So it's two beds and a rollaway. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, and so they keep them they keep them together. That all changes when we get to hometown dates. Now, that whole time, they're cloistered. And by that, I mean, are secluded. It's almost like being part of a jury. They don't have any access to television. They don't have, they're not allowed to bring any books. They're not allowed any of their computers or their cell phones. They, they lose their cell phones uh, on day one. So they have no media. They only have each, each other. other. God, so that would suck. Yeah, and they're encouraged, and they're encouraged, and filmed talking to each other. Like if you come back from a date, you're encouraged to have girl chat or guy chat. Um, so there's a lot of um, drama that happens at the it, at the the house. Happens in sort of they put them a lot of times in hotels and suites where there's a common room mm -hmm. um, that they can all use and collect in. Yeah, or a parlor of some sort. Yeah, some sort of parlor. And um, and you and they intersperse bits of those chats in into the filming. So you'll be in the middle of a group date, and then they'll show show dialogue that's happening back at the house. And some of the dialogue is unbelievably catty between women. It's things that if you were really, you know, you're being filmed, but you wouldn't you wouldn't naturally say that if you if you were just in public. And, you know, one of the girls this year actually questioned whether whether another woman was a pill popper, and of course that got aired. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of um, drama that takes place. The show, and we can talk about manipulation, but the show really is more about the contestants than it is the lead, ever. Yeah, I've actually kind of noticed that when I've been watching it. Now that you say that, I've always. Yeah. Well, we just try so, to keep track of the contestants is the well, hard part. Well, and and up to up to hometown dates, they force the contest force the mm. contestants together quite a bit, and they tend to fall into cliques. 
Um, like this year, I understand that there was a group of girls that were referred to as the rats and a group of girls that were referred to as the cats. And the rats were the girls who kept going to Peter and complaining about other girls. As were the cats were... The cats thought they were cool. That's always the one thing. Okay, so the, the, here's a meta commentary I always found very interesting. I find very interesting about Bachelor or Bachelorette. There's an awful lot of women or guys that go about on when they have their own private time with the Bachelor or Bachelorette. They're talking shit about somebody else, and I'm just like, if that, like if that if that were me, I would just be like, wow. And, what and we, are you really in this for then? Yeah, and we'll talk about that when we talk about some of the manipulation that takes place. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of producer <coughs> producer encouraging. Because anybody who's ever watched this show knows, don't waste your time with the lead complaining about somebody else. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's sort of producer driven. And, and we can talk about that. But at the, at the point where you go into hometowns, they actually keep them cloistered. So what they do is, let's say I'm the third girl with a hometown. So so the first four days, I'll be in a hotel room in L.A. Okay. Now, other contestants may be in the same hotel, but I won't know what floor. I won't have any contact with them. Because after that point, you're kept separated. With the exception of this season, which broke that taboo with the fantasy suites. But historically, they've always been separated. Um, once you got to hometowns. What do you do once you're separated, though? I mean, like, do you get to at least watch TV or something? Or Your producer might let you go to the drugstore because you need to pick up a couple of items, but for the most part, you're kept in your room because nobody wants to spoil the season by having somebody recognize you. Yeah. Because um, there are lots of spoiler boards out there that announce who's who the participants are way ahead of time and broadcast pictures of them. So they don't want anybody spoiling who's made it this far. So they're, they're kept really cloistered. And again, no TV, no cell phone, no computer, nothing. Their, their only thought process is this competition and the lead. It just makes me wonder when you get to that hometown situation where you, you're sequestered in a, in a hotel or a hotel room. In your, in your own hometown, you're, you're not allowed to spend the night with your family. In your wow. own in your own hometown, you will be in a hotel room. So so when the when the batch when the lead leaves, mm -hmm. your producers will take you back to a hotel. You get to say goodbye to your family. And producers will take you back to a hotel, and the families are very carefully scolded. You're you're not to leak anything, because by then there are several spoiler sites that already have information. But but an episode hasn't even aired yet. Uh, understood. But if you look back even on this season. There's a woman named Elia who comes back. Oh, yeah. That. And she, and she um, says, oh, I heard this on this spoiler site that Victoria F. has slept around with married men. Wow. Because I had, okay, that makes more sense because I was wondering why that, how that information got out. I was like, okay, now that makes sense. She got sent home and she came back. And we'll talk about recurring themes as well. Um, but... Um, there are spoiler sites that that follow this quite closely, and um, and 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 they're monetized. As 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 geek culture tends to be. be yeah. So um, so once you get to hometowns, you fly in, you do your activity. The first time you see your family is when you show up with the lead to have dinner. So the the hometowns are set up so that you um, go to Des Moines. 
mm-hmm. and you do something in Des Moines that might be you might take them to your apartment that that hasn't happened in a while but that used to happen fairly frequently okay um, uh, you might take them to your place of work that hasn't happened in a while either but that in the past has happened um, take them to meet your friends at a bar um, go bowling um, some sort of carnival that might be there at the time um, by the time that, that they're down to eight, really, the staff of The Bachelor is already um, working with logistics for where they think they pretty much know three of the four girls that okay. are that are going to get hometowns. They're and pretty they're confident. Out the and they're working out logistics um, and meeting with families. Now, a lot of times when um, after the activity, they go for dinner at at the uh, contestant's house a lot of times those are airbnb or rented houses or the house of a family friend the house of a aunt or uncle it's frequently not the actual family's house because that information would get leaked online that's actually not why um the reason why is because a lot of these families don't have houses that are um I shouldn't say a lot. Some of these families don't have houses that would broadcast well. Or okay, yeah. Yeah, there's some economics involved in there. Um, in one one season, um, the father was a judge, and his house couldn't be seen on TV because it, it posed a danger to him. Yeah, I'm just thinking of it right now. If it was our house, you know, it's not exactly film friendly house. Well, you know, I I could, we, we could clean I, it up. Yeah, I could remove the toys. Um, but um, a lot of times it's actually at a borrowed, rented, somebody else's house mm-hmm. um, sort, of, sort of thing. So once the, once the, um, the dinner is over, and, and that family meeting usually consists of the lead talking to the father, talking to the mother. You'll see the contestant talking to one of their parents. Um, the lead will talk to maybe a, a brother or a sister. Aunt, uncle, grandma, some sort yeah. of other family member yeah. that's not paternal. Yeah. Um, and um, and then you'll usually see some sibling talking to the contestant and, you know, what do you really think and da-da-da-da-da. Um, if he's talking to a father, he might, um, you know, ask for the father's blessing if they do decide to become engaged. That's rarely given, but sometimes it's given. Um, and there's always a parent who says, well, but you're dating three other women. You know, how, does, how, do, you, how do you really feel about my daughter? And he can't let on, the lead can't let on with any of that information. No. Yeah. They usually try to obfuscate it or dodge the question. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they go very poorly. Sometimes they go very well. Um, Well, this season we had a very poor hometown. Well, we had a hometown where they didn't even meet the parents. Victoria's, they didn't even meet. They had a fight before. I would have loved to have seen that train wreck. Yeah, I would have too. Um, Yeah, so that went went very, very poorly. there have been other times, like um, Sean Lowe's season, um, Dez's brother uh, went after Sean with, you know, how you date my sister, and and uh, basically made it very clear he didn't like him and made the hometown very, um, the dinner very unpleasant. And Sean let, let Dez go for that reason. She later then became the Bachelorette, so it was just fine, but... Um, it worked itself out. Yeah. And in Ben Flanick's season, um, there was a, a very, very nice woman who um, had you know, had played in her high school band and, and um, took, and she was from a small town and, and took uh, 
been to her high school and had the band play. And it was very clear that he, being from a large metropolitan city, was not into it. It was very clear that he was very uncomfortable with what a small town it was. We talk, we talking we talking small town like, hey, look, this is the one stoplight in the city. Yeah, kind of like that. Oh, and wow. yeah, and something similar in reverse during um, Chris Solis's season is one of the one of the last destinations they went to in the United States was his small town in Iowa, and the girls were asked to envision. Um, and the woman who he, he eventually uh, proposed to actually got to go to his house and meet his parents, um, which is sort of a tip off that she was uh, the one or going to be one of one of the two um, and all. But but I think the idea was to sort of get them used to the idea, since a lot of them did come from large cities um, of what a, a really small town he came from because he was a farmer. So, so in that case, the hometown kind of worked in, in reverse. Um, there have been times like with um, Caitlin Bristow. Um, uh, on her season, there was somebody who, because they had a DUI, couldn't go to Canada. She was from Canada. and um, If you have a DUI, you can't go to Canada? The lead, yeah, the lead. Oh, the lead couldn't. The oh. lead couldn't. The lead had the DUI. That seems like a silly rule. But I know, okay. but yeah. But um, because it was a felony. That was my understanding. Okay. And her hometown took place in Arizona, which seemed odd since she was from Canada. Um, so there have been different you know, scenarios that have happened during hometowns. But for the most part, they actually go pretty predictably. There's always sort of the conversation of, but you're dating three other women or three other men. Where do they really fit in? Um, but I like you a lot. Yeah. You know, sort of, sort of thing. Who gets to plan the hometown? Is that you know? Supposedly, the the contestant does, but um, really, it's the producers sort of making suggestions and and you know here they are, need because here are three options. Pick one. Yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. Because yeah, because really, otherwise, how can you get permission to film the bar ahead of time? How can you, you know, set all that up? Because there, there. I mean, literally, there's the rose ceremony, which is again in a foreign, foreign location. Mm-hmm. They fly home, and one of those girls flies directly to her hometown. Yeah. So they they need to have ready to go like ahead of time. But but again, typically they kind of know when it's down to eight, at least who who two or three of those women are, and they can start setting up those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, or, or in the or in the case here, maybe of like, if it's like the last person who got the rose, and you, especially for like the group date, maybe it was, oh, well, that person's gonna be number four, because that seemed like that was the case this season with yeah. Victoria. With Victoria. Yeah, yeah, she was like number four on the di- on the hometowns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I had an epiphany, and so I think that'll be funny when we talk about it later. Okay. All right. <laughs> I so, think I know how the season ends, unfortunately. Oh, you do? Oh, I'm, I'm interested I, to hear that because um, we'll talk about spoilers, but this is this season is unspoiled. Ooh, good. Which is interesting and, and not, not, typically, uh, not typically true. So the big controversy, and this was even true in the first season, um, is the fantasy suites. Ooh. So the fantasy suites, they all fly to some exotic location. Um, typically at this point, the contestants are in separate hotels. 
This one was weird. Separate, this year. yeah. So this year, um, because of specific circumstances where they wanted to force a situation, an uncomfortable situation, they they had them all in the same suite and sharing the same space. Okay. This is the first time that's happened. Um, they used to keep them in the same hotel, but in different on different floors. Um, but during um, during one season. Um, the season that Shane uh, Lamas was on, um, the uh, the other fine, other one of the final two, and Shane Lamas was was the winner of her season. Um, Shane Lamas came back from her group date was or her um, fantasy suite date, and was out on her balcony talking to um, her producer, and the woman on the balcony directly above her <laughs> overheard the entire conversation as she was getting dressed. To go on her fantasy suite date. Was that intentional or? It was not. It was not intentional. And after that, they actually went to keeping them in different hotels. They went to keeping them in in entirely different facilities, um, just to make sure they stayed separated. Because you know, listening to to the woman who slept with your guy the night before mm-hmm. might not be great great romantically for your your date yeah yeah there might be a little tension there might be a little tension there um so so the final three are given fantasy suite dates and those consist of a full day of activity and then um they change clothes and they go to an overnight location very romantic but always in a place at a hotel basically at a resort so you can get to the bungalow. So you can get to the bungalow. So um, the way the way it works timing-wise is there's a date. There's a travel day to get to wherever their location is. Mm-hmm. There's an, an overnight date, a day off, an overnight date, a day off, an overnight date, the rose ceremony. Oh, so they actually do take a day off break? Yeah, so, so it used to be that it went directly from one overnight date to an overnight date to an overnight date. That could and be kind of toxic for the, ba- for the, for the bachelor or the bachelorette to have to do that. Uh, yeah, so, so it, it, and people got pretty icky about the idea, but you slept with her the night before. You slept with her last night. Yeah. And you're sleeping with me tonight. And the other half of it is that you probably didn't get a whole lot of sleep, and so your lead is becoming extremely tired. Yeah, that makes sense. So after the first couple of seasons, they went to Fantasy Suite Day Off, Fantasy Suite Day Off, Fantasy Suite Rose Ceremony. So just two episodes here makes it seem like it takes the better part of almost three weeks to do it all. Right. So so and then the the last episode takes a full week to film. Mm -hmm. So so you've got those first couple of weeks where you're basically almost producing two episodes in a week. It's really crammed in. Um, but then your last episodes take, you know, as we said, hometowns take 10 days. And then the fantasy suites take a full week. Um, and then and then there's a process for the last couple of dates as well that take five days. So um, five or, or six, actually. Seven so, because there's a rose ceremony. Yeah, there's yeah, I'll, I'll I'll walk you through that. Okay. Okay. So, at some point during dinner, and mm-hmm. again, no meals ever actually eaten. Looks like there's a meal there. There's a meal served. Production eats it later. I don't know if I want to eat a meal that It's been sitting else was... under cameras? 
Or somebody was hovering over. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. But um, producers can't be during picky. during dinner. The couple finds some member of the couple will find a card from Chris Harrison <gasps> <gasps> that reads, "You and you." Here is a key. If you decide to forgo your separate rooms, please enjoy a night in the fantasy suite. And the idea is that the fantasy suite is the first time that they can actually have conversations that aren't taped. The idea is that you're going to have sex. Of course. That <coughs> but, would make the most sense. Yeah. But um, there have been various reactions over the years to the fantasy suites. Now, for a lot of viewers... There's always this game they play of, okay, everybody went in the suite, but how many of them actually slept with them? Because most of us would have emotional problems with the concept of having sex with somebody or being proposed to by somebody who had sex with somebody else the night before or a couple of, couple of days before the previous week. Mm. Um, that's just not a very romantic thing to think about. Comes into play this season, but often comes into play. Okay. This isn't the first time. Um, there have been um, leads, bachelors or bachelorettes who told their dates I want to spend more time with you but I'm not ready to have sex uh, Emily uh, very famously did that because she, she had a daughter and she didn't want her daughter to see later, years later um, you know, announcements that she basically had had sex with three men yeah um there's um, Ashley Hibbard had a, a contestant named Constantine who actually declined using the family fantasy suite, said he wasn't ready. Um, there have been people who have accepted and said, but really just so we can spend more time together and talk. Yeah. Because the conversations you see on screen are very edited. Very edited. They're very shallow. There's no discussion of politics. There's very little discussion of faith. There've been more the last two seasons. Oh, the last this Bachelorette before was probably one of my favorite seasons. Yeah. So it's been more discussion of faith the last couple of seasons, but for the most part, you don't hear about faith. You don't hear much about people's jobs or their passion for their jobs or what other passions they have. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot. Um, of deep conversation that goes on. So, so the fantasy suite for um, at least some of some people um, is an opportunity to talk. Okay, um, there have been a number um, of contestants who have declined altogether. Um, the winner in Aaron's season, which was like season three, um, Helena said no. There was a, there was a contestant in the first season who said, "I'm I'm not sleeping with you." I don't know you well enough. I'm not doing that. Um, Becca from Chris Solis's season, um, who was a finalist, um, said said I'm sorry, but I'm I, you know my Christian faith doesn't allow me to do that. Yeah, there's been a there's been I mean, the season before I forget what his name was was very much the case of like Luke. No, no, not Luke. Oh, no, not Luke. Oh, no, no, not the the Bachelor before that. Oh, Ari. Not Ari, but so there was. The next bachelor, bachelor guy that was like famously, oh yeah, he's a virgin. Who's going to deflower him? Oh, Colton. Colton, that's what. Colton that, was. Colton was a reborn virgin. Oh. Yeah, it was, as was Luke. Um, Colton was a reborn virgin, virgin, and um, you know said, "We'll use the time to cuddle and talk." And he did go on one fantasy suite date before that whole one blew up. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's so it's an fantasy suites are interesting, and um, I think there's a lot of emphasis um, in this show on on sex. It's it's very sexualized. It's become yeah. more so as years have gone by. Um, there famously have been a number of virgins. You touched on Colton. Um, Luke P was a reborn virgin. We have one uh, Sean season. Sean Lowe was was a reborn virgin. Um, where they'd had sex, but then had made a made a, a pact to somehow to, to not abstain do to abstain. Um, we haven't had a, a, a declared virgin bachelorette, but we've had a number of declared virgin contestants. Um, Ashley I, um, uh, the first Becca, um, this season. And in past seasons, it's become um, sort of how that person got identified for the season. It became a huge issue that they were a virgin. Um, this season, we have Madison, who doesn't tell the bachelor that she's um, that she's a virgin until um, actually the fantasy suite date. Mm-hmm. She does tell him, and this is the first time we've had this happen, she does tell him when she um, is given her rose for the final three, she pulls him aside and says, can I speak to you for a moment? And she tells him, if you have sex with other women, it's going to be hard for me to move forward. Yeah, and, that's and kind then, of a cock-blocking situation right there. Yeah, and and that is actually why they put all three women in the same suite and they give the other two women their fantasy suite nights dates first first before they give the virgin hers and so then i think i think they did that in hopes that one of those other two women would make a make a point of saying stuff saying something and 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 both of them have the grace not not to. to Although you get to see them discussing amongst themselves yeah. how unfair they think her, because Madison does tell both of them that she asked Peter not to have sex and how unfair they think that is and, and didn't she know what show she was coming on. Yeah. Which that was, is... Which depra- is a, that's a funny, again, that's a great notion here. It's like, you know what the show is about. How do you How do you even audition for it not knowing what it is and not knowing how this all goes? I mean, like... This is clearly something that was going to come up. Yeah, so it, um, it's an interesting dynamic, and and in this particular, you know, back back to back, we have seasons in which contestants had an issue with the lead having sex with somebody else. <laughs> now, um, Luke P with with Hannah Brown um, basically tells her during um, the dinner portion of, the f- of, of his fantasy suite date, if you had sex with somebody else, I don't want to go forward. But then sort of changes his mind when she says, yes, I have. And how dare you slut shame me. Oh, I, thought, I thought that was on the um, hometowns. On hometowns, he says that they had a, a conversation during their hometown in which he said she wasn't intending to use the time that way. Because I thought Luke got kicked off during hometowns, and then he just appeared again after Fantasy Suites. No, the, the the deal there was was she was going to kick him off during hometowns, and then she just couldn't do it. And she asked production if she could have yet another rose. And production was probably you know rubbing their hands, going, "Yay, more controversy!" And oh, she had that's right. And okay. she ended up with four Fantasy Suites. Uh, in Greece. That's how that worked. Okay. So that's how that worked. So she ended up with four fantasy suite. That, that that season was quite a mess. It was it was a mess. There've been there've been a couple of really messy seasons. Um 
hers and, and also Caitlin Bristow's were really messy. But in this particular instance, you have back-to-back um, uh, contestants that have said, if you have sex with somebody else, um, I'm going to have a problem with it. And Luke was um, very ardent about it. Madison was a little more soft-spoken, but she told Peter, I'm, I'm very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Luke was absolutely vilified. Madison vilified some in, in social media, but not nearly as harshly. Well, so it's interesting. Well, Luke was a lot more forceful about it, though. He was, and he was offensive, and he was, and, and a lot of it, I think, was that he was self righteous in, in um, asserting his Christianity. I think, I think a lot of it was, um, coming from from sort of how he how he did it and not what he did. Oh yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was all about <clears throat> how he went about it and not his, and not the alternate. Okay, so fantasy suites, they do some talking. And then there's another rose ceremony. There's another as there rose, always is, apparently. As, as there always is. And at that rose ceremony, they're not even supposed to talk to each other. They just exclange, exchange glances. It's interesting. Do you really kind of want to talk to any one of them after this point, though? Probably not. I mean, he slept with, you know, he, he slept with the same girl you're dating. That's probably not a good conversation. And, you know, whether it's what a, a man or a woman. What do you talk about Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good question. So they do the fantasy suite and they go to the last chance meet the parents week. Okay. So they go to, again, a, another beautiful location. And, um, and you know, in this particular set of dates is sometimes split in between, between two nights. Mm-hmm. I would suggest this time is probably, you know, we have two nights for the final. Um, sometimes it all happens in one night and there's something else going on that takes the second night. Um, in terms of the actual episode airing. But um, they, each of the of the final two, mm-hmm. get to go to an afternoon with the parents on different days. So it, it's meet the parent, contestant with number the, one. The bachelor, bachelor, With the bachelor. Parent. Yeah. So the bachelor, bachelorette's parents fly to the, and, and maybe a sibling. Okay. Fly to the, des- the de- destination of the final rose ceremony. Mm-hmm. And um, contestant number one goes to meet the parents. And then contestant number two goes to meet the parents. And then contestant number one has a last chance date. That does not include an overnight, but it does include, rather than a dinner, usually um, the two of them in um, one of their hotel rooms just chatting and just talking. Um, and then the second one has their last chance date, which again is a is a, an activity, one of those helicopter, beautiful on a boat things, um, followed by the, the the quiet evening. Okay. And then um, and then the proposal, uh, then the ring selection, mm-hmm. and then the following day the proposal. So Neil Lang comes with the box of rings, and either the final two guys choose a ring, or the, the bachelor the does chooses a ring for his his final girl mm-hmm. and proposes you know if you talk to any of the past contestants they really say it's only on from the time you get to sort of fantasy suites on that you really get to know um the person that up to that point your your knowledge of them are these adrenaline filled dates that don't have a lot of of conversation Oof. Yeah, these adrenaline-filled dates, um, 
you know, with, with lots of producers around. And it really isn't until you get to those those last two weeks because the Fantasy Suite Week takes, again, a full week. Um, and then the last week takes uh, five days. Okay. Um, and it really isn't until that time that you really actually get to know them. Because you actually get have time to actually to have, do it. Have time, yeah. So... Um, you know, you often hear, and you've heard it this year um, already, that the bachelor is falling in love with more than one woman. <gasps> falling, or the bachelorette is falling in love with more than two men. Um, there's a lot of controversy over sort of who stays by the time you get to the final two. There have been past contestants who have candidly said that they let go of the person they liked the second most at the end of the fantasy suite dates because that made it easier to choose for the final rose to choose for the final rose so so there have been people who have said openly have said yeah i kept this person because i knew they wouldn't be as hurt i knew they weren't as into me i wasn't as into them and there have been final people who said oh i i knew i I pretty much knew it wasn't me that makes sense a lot for peter's season here where hannah b came back oddly enough yeah, so I mean, there's there's been there've been any number of cases um, where it was so obvious who the lead was choosing. I mean, that's why um, Caitlin Bristow's season fell apart was because she even made the mistake she she would go visit the guys in their rooms sometimes, and um, Ben Higgins you know came back to the room he shared with Sean, and um, and Caitlin was dressed but snuggling in bed with Sean. And she had already told him that he was the one. And this was like at episode three or four. Oh, jeez. At which point they knew that she'd earlier been sexting with Nick Vial from Andy's season. And to keep the whole thing from blowing up even further, because a lot of the guys at that point were just phoning it in because they all knew, um, they brought Nick Vial in. And had and and he was the the surprise contestant who came on episode four. I think they were still domestic when he came. Um, and, um, and you know, through, you know, came in as sort of a ringer that she already kind of knew. Okay. Um, and that created all sorts of tension. But they didn't have any hometowns, um, in part because there was already so much spoiled that there was no way that the families didn't know what was going on as well. And they stayed in Ireland the whole time and never and never did come back. So there have been seasons like that that blew up. Um, during Ashley Hibbard's season, apparently everybody knew it was J.P. Uh, Rosenbaum. Um, and Ben Flanick has, has admitted that he, he pretty much knew, even though producers were telling him it was him, um, that he pretty much knew that it wasn't him. So there have been seasons in which um, it was pretty clear who it was going to be. Jeez. Well, because if you, you know, even you and I watch and can, can pretty much tell. He's got, you know, somebody's got either a knack for somebody or he's got a charm for somebody or there's favoritism of some sort. And you kind of see how they react and how they behave around certain contestants and you, mm-hmm. you kind of know. And most of the leads have said that they knew their, their final four on night one or three of their final four on night one. Yeesh. And that they pretty much, and, and most of the leads have pretty much known who it was going to be by episode five or six. Now, they'll forever get asked by whoever finished second. It's mm-hmm. happened a number of times. When did you know? And the lead will lie. 
because he has to. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, no, not until the very end. Yeah. But it's probably not the truth. So there's a final rose that gets given out at the very end. And, of and, a, pro- and a proposal most of the time. Now, there have been, there've been um, so most of the time they're proposing to somebody that they've known for eight weeks. And have maybe had the better part of maybe five, six days of actual conversation with. Right, because because remember, like a lot of these di- days, you know, during this eight weeks, they've been on dates with other people. And they've only had a couple of minutes at a, at a rose ceremony or a couple of minutes on a group date to um, actually to actually talk. Yeah, much less if you got a bit of one-on-one time. Yeah, so so they're proposing to somebody that they really don't necessarily know well, which is a lot of the reason why there have been very few actual marriages coming out of this. And that was my next question here. Like, clearly this system, after you explain it all, can't possibly work properly. Yeah. So, so I mean, right now there are a couple of people that are um, that that um, met on the show that are still dating. Okay. Um, Colton is still dating Cassie. Um, JoJo is still dating Jordan. Um, they're still together. Um, so there, there are a couple of people who um, my Jordan. No, not your Jordan. Oh, okay. Sorry, so sorry. But um, if only he'll find. Well, the interesting thing is, um, you know. With a couple of the unusual endings, um, came out a, a couple of marriages. So, fam- very famously, uh, Jason Mesnick, because of producer pressure, he wanted he he had his two finalists. He actually wanted to propose to Molly, but she wasn't going to accept the proposal, and so he was pressured by the producers to propose to Melissa, and he did. That didn't last even weeks her her my understanding is that her ex-fiance showed at the airport to pick her up at the end of the whole thing um so he very famously on the after the final rose so there's the 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 final rose ceremony and afterwards there's this sort of get together which is a live audience show Mm -hmm. which is broadcast live actually um where you get to see the new couple And the person who was rejected gets to speak with the lead for a couple of minutes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that show, Jason Mesnick formally broke up with Melissa. She hadn't been told that that was going to be done on the show, although they were already broken up. Um, and he asked the woman he did want to propose to if he could date her. And they have married. They married about a year and a half later. Okay. So that was that was actually the first marriage to come out of it, and that was season thirteen. We had Ari season, which was kind of bizarre ending. And I shouldn't say that was the first the first um, marriage to come out of it, because the first marriage was actually the Bachelorette marriage with the first Bachelorette. Oh. Which was um, Trista Wren. Trista Wren had um, been on the first Bachelor season um, okay. with Alex, and she had she had finished number two on Alex's season. She was the first Bachelorette, and she did marry her firefighter, and they're still married. Um, so that was season one of The Bachelorette. Um, season seven um, of The Bachelorette, Ashley Hibbert uh, married JP, which was the person that, that uh, if you talk to other men who were on her season, said, oh, you knew yeah. early on that there was something there. Um, Desiree, um, Des, uh, Hartsock married Chris Siegfried. Um, that was a, a bizarre ending because... Um, the person that you thought was really her number one choice left after hometowns. Oh. He was he was he was chosen, but he never came on his fantasy suite um, because he just wasn't 
feeling it. Okay. Um, and uh, and she ended up um, actually on on the fantasy suite date with her her other third person. Um, she told him that she wasn't going to go on the overnight with him because um, she wasn't that interested in him. Well, she let him go. Okay. Um, so, um, but she's still married to Chris. Um, Rachel Lindsay and Brian Abasso, which is Bachelorette 13, just got married. What, a, what an unlucky number to be number 13. I know. Um, Sean Lowe um, was the first bachelor to marry the girl he actually chose. Oh. So um, he did marry Catherine Graducci. Of the bachelors that got married, the third, the third bachelor that got married, there only three out of 24 seasons. Not a good batting average. Not a good, well, okay, but out of 16 seasons, you're only 25% on the women's side, too. There have been four marriages on the women's side. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so, um, uh, Ari, uh, Luckendike, um, chose Becca, and then after, um, and I think under pressure from his parents at the Meet the Parents, the parents said, oh, she's the best choice for you. Um, and, and I think of sorts, she was kind of the safe choice. But um, he chose Becca, and then um, four or five weeks afterwards, changed his mind and, and wanted, he asked Becca for permission to call Lauren. Well, during that call, he, of course, said, said you know, if I wanted to date you, would you, would you date me? If I wanted to propose to you, would you propose? Would you accept my proposal? And she said yes. So they made him film um, a safe house visit. And this is an interesting thing. So filming ends for The Bachelors in November, mm -hmm. but it doesn't begin to air until January, and it doesn't finish airing until March. That's four months of being engaged to somebody that you can't see. Wait, you, you're engaged to somebody that you... So, so you mean that after you get the final rose, you don't get to see the other person for four months? Well, the deal is, after you get the final rose, you get to spend two or three more days together. Okay. And then you all go home. You can't be with that person because then it would leak out, right? Oh, my goodness. That's right. Yeah. So they have safe house visits where they each fly in um, someplace. And, and most frequently, they're in Palm Springs. They have safe house visits for a weekend or happy couple visits. Yeah. Um, where they get to see each other and they have one of those every three or four weeks. Wow. But that's it. Now, there have been spoilers that have come out of those safe house weekends. Well, let's finish up the talk about Ari and Becca just real quick. Okay. So Ari and Becca um, are scheduled to have a safe house visit. There's producers there. There's cameras there. They aren't typically filmed, but the bachelor says, oh, we just want to kind of air this at your after the final rose and Ari comes in and they film him telling her that he wants to see Lauren and she says I don't think that's appropriate and um but I really miss her well but you know you're engaged to me and and he breaks it off and it's so uncomfortable because the cameras won't leave she doesn't want to talk to him she understands okay he's going to go be with her, the other woman mm-hmm and the cameras just follow her around the house while she's trying not to talk to him. And they keep t the producers keep telling him he has to go back in. And it is the most uncomfortable footage in the world. They aired about, it seemed like 20 minutes of this. Oh, jeez. And um, it was so uncomfortable. 
Um, as a reward, though, she got to be the Bachelorette. Wonder who was going to be it beforehand. Interesting. Hard to know. So that happened in January, and she's the Bachelorette, and her, and her season began began filming that March, mm-hmm. two months later. So, um, he is he did marry Lauren. Oh wow. Yeah, so the two, of the three bachelors that got married to somebody they met on the show, two of them married their their second place finisher because they changed their minds. Huh. It's an it's an interesting t- statistic to me. But um uh yeah, they only have those couple safe house visits and a lot of these relationships last um 2 3 4 months post um televising. Yeah. Some of them, especially some of the early ones, didn't even last that long. Um, a lot of it is the distance. I have big hopes for Josh Murray and, and Andy uh, Dorfman because they both lived in Atlanta. They were both from Atlanta, which would, you would think would give them an advantage. Yeah, because it's a central hub. Yeah. Well, and, and because they live close to each other already. Yeah. So they could have sneaked visits without without anybody thinking anything. Figuring it out. Yeah. Um, but some interesting leaks and spoilers have come out of that as well. Um, Becca and Ari, actually, we knew that Becca was the, the uh, finalist with, with uh, Becca and Ari because they both took pictures and posted on Instagram during the visit, and you could tell that the backyard they were in was the same backyard. Oh. Okay. Um, Caitlin and Sean posted accidentally supposedly accidentally caitlin was really pissed at the way her season was manipulated so you wonder how much of an accident it was um but accidentally posted a snapchat of the two of them um snuggling in bed oh that's not good so the and 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 people have been filmed uh ashley was filmed um going into a hotel and a couple of minutes later jp went to the same hotel um so Safe house visits have unfortunately caused a couple of times. I think they're they're just trying to be more careful about how they do them now, but they've created a couple of leaks. Um, which which um, brings us to spoilers. There there are lots of, of people who will spoil it out there. The most famous is Reality Steve, um, and I think he gets things first. Um, he had the Jason Mesnick thing okay. um, first and and leaked that. Um, this is one of the few seasons when he's ever said, and he's only once been completely wrong. This is this is the first season I can remember where he said, I honestly don't know this is what I think happens, but I honestly don't know for sure. Um, one year he was sent a um, video that somebody took on a plane. It's Nick Vial got on a plane. He'd just gotten his phone back from production. He got on a plane and he was talking to his parents in his seat before the plane took off. And somebody managed to recognize him and videotaped the whole conversation, which was him saying exactly what ultimately happened. Um, he said, yeah, no, they, no, she chose the other guy. But I think it's going to be a mess because he's got real anger issues. And, um, and, and she, he said some very unflattering things about Josh Murray. And, um, and I think she really made a mistake. And somebody uh, filmed that and sent that to, to Reality Steve. At a, at a steep price, I would hope. No I, no, I don't think he pays people for the information he gets. He's just a, a, a clearinghouse. Oh, okay. He gets a lot of back, back stories about contestants as well. He's who published the, the uh, Victoria Fuller 
was sleeping with married men. Oh. <coughs> and and that and that the the um recording artist that appeared on her one-on-one date mm-hmm. was somebody she she dated right before she went on the show. Oh. Um so he gets stuff like that. Another one that was sort of an interesting um uh, spoiler was when um, Becca, the uh, co-friend, was the lead. Mm-hmm. This is the Becca that Ari had switched his mind on. Yeah. And when she was the lead, somebody was staying at a resort. They were in Peru. Was staying at a resort across the way from hers, across a ravine from hers, and managed to film the final rose ceremony, and and them taking pictures afterwards. <laughs> With and a telephoto lens, I hope. With a telephoto lens, and that's how that one um, got spoiled. So the show, the show has had its um, its share of controversies. Yeah, we've we've mentioned a couple of. We've mentioned part. a couple, and the environment is is referred to as the bubble. Contestants frequently come out of it, and and this is especially true if you can catch one of the podcasts that's not sort of Bachelor Nation. Okay. There's a real difference between podcasts and blogs. Um, on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. There's Bachelor Nation ones, which never spoil and really only present the company line. Okay. And then there are sort of the freelance ones. The ones that are like like you and me at the end of the day. Right, yeah, like Reality Steve. Um, but contestants that have gone on sort of the freelance ones, Olivia, Olivia uh, Carteridi is another one, another good um, independent one. Um, the people that go on those will, have, will openly say, that the minute they left the show, they realized that they weren't in love with this person. It was, you know, sort of created by the environment in which you're not allowed any other stimulation. Yeah. And they had no problem getting over it. It's somebody they knew for eight weeks. Coachella has proved that, I think, actually. Yeah, Coachella does prove that. Um, Coachella, by the way, is something referred to in Bachelor in Paradise as the place that everybody hooks up. <laughs> um they they drink a lot. They're forced to have these girl chats and, and guy chats. Um, when they film the in the moments, those are very um, uh, very forced by producers who will prompt with questions. And what you see portrayed, what you see um, shown on television, may not even be the answer to the the question that was being asked, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of times they take those and they parse them. Yes. And the other thing they frequently do is they'll film after footage. They'll have um, the same props um, will travel with them for the ITM, so the same props are in the background. And you'll I've notice that, that some of the backgrounds always look very familiar. The same, and that's intentional because then they can, as they get their storylines while they're editing, if they decide to go a different direction with it, they'll have a cast member come back. And you'll notice that their hair is different. They're wearing the same clothes, but their hair is different. Their makeup's a little bit different. They're wearing different earrings, something like that, okay. than they were actually wearing that day. Um, and that's because they've gone back and backfilled it. And they filmed it after the whole thing finished so that they could get the edit they wanted. Ah. So there's those sorts of manipulation things. Um, there's some other producer manipulations. You'll notice they've got different haircuts. They'll have different mustaches. Yeah, there are a lot of actually. There's there's a show called Unreal. Okay. Um, that that is a um, it's on cable, and one of the writers is actually a past Bachelor producer, and it is from the producer's point of view. Point of view, and so, so how does this is this is like a like a just a it's a it's a spoof, 
It's a full-on spoof. Oh, okay. With storylines very similar to what you'd see on the real show. But it's from the producer's point of view. But it's from the producer. So you get oh, to I would see. Be so interested in that actually. So it's called Unreal, and you can you can get back episodes. Nice. And it shows you a lot of the manipulations that actually occur. There have been some horrible, horrible manipulations that actually occur. Um, if you listen to Ashley Salter, who you'll remember is the girl who thought the uh, the pomegranate tree had was onions. Do you remember her? Oh, we were laughing at her. So she and she was kind of nuts. She's okay. actually quite sane. The deal is that she walked into a producer's room, a production room that had a storyboard, and she realized how badly the whole thing was being storyboarded. Yeah, and she decided to play along, and she just acted like she was absolutely nuts. And and the lead kept her, mm-hmm. even though she was absolutely nuts, because there are producer picks. Yes, I I call them plans. Yeah. So you can keep the you know these girls you really like, but please keep also this, this, and this that are good story. Yeah. Good drama. I, I, I am of a firm belief right now that Victoria F. this season was a plant. She may very well have been. And they're willing to be plants. They sign a contract that says that um, they can be edited however they want. They have no control. They have no right to sue ever. Yeah. And, and, and they can't appear on anything without being sanctioned by The Bachelor. Um, for the first year afterwards. It would make sense. Yeah. So so um, that's kind of how you know which, which podcasts are Bachelor Nation podcasts because they'll have current contestants. Mm-hmm. And the other ones won't have access to them until that year until is passed. Until a little bit later, yeah. Yeah. Um, Frankenbiting is a term I think that's kind of unique to Bachelor. And Frank- I've never heard that phrase before. Yeah, it's unique to Bachelor. Um what Frank, what is what is this? Yeah, Frankenbiting is where they'll edit a conversation using parts of other conversations from other days. And if you look, you'll actually realize that you're only seeing the side of the speaker's face or the back of their head. They'll be in conversation with somebody, looking at somebody else, looking at the lead, looking at somebody, and the conversation that you're hearing is not anything that was actually said in that moment. It's frankenbited. It's it's parts of a conversation that might be from an ITM or from a conversation with somebody else on a different day. Um, it, it, if you listen really carefully, you'll hear there's slight changes in the voice. So it might be a word from this conversation and two words from that one. But it's called frankenbiting because if you'll remember, the Frankenstein monster was made up of pieces. Okay. I see, I see the, I see the uh, etymology of the name. Yeah. So um, one of the things I'm going to have you do for your homework okay. is to listen to a past contestant that you dislike very much. And he's going to talk about Frankenbiting. Who, 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 who did I not like? I'm going to have you listen to a Reality Steve interview okay. with Luke P. Okay, okay. I didn't dislike Luke P. I hate everything that Luke P stands for. On on a on a hundred percent, I absolutely hate everything that Luke P stands for. The shenanigans that got happened during his season were beautiful television, though. And they I were. actually and I would actually very much be interested in listening to that podcast, if only just because I want to hear his side of it. Okay, so you're going to hear his side about his side of it, and you're going to hear about Frankenbiting. Oh, oh, I'm sure he got Frankenbiting quite a bit. Yeah, here. so you're gonna you're gonna hear about that. Um, producers or, or allegedly being that. producers will manipulate situations by whispering in somebody's ear. Did you know da 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 did da 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 da? 
or by creating things like this year's Champagne Gate. This woman bought a, a, a bottle of Tom Perignon that someone had given her. Her and father had given her. Her father had given her for her birthday or something. For her birthday. And she was gonna, going to um, sit with Peter on the second episode at the, at the rose ceremony and share it with him. And she had the producers set it up in, you know, with a, with a, a, uh, a chilling, chilling tub and, and glasses and everything at a, a little quiet corner in the mansion uh, by a garden yeah. by a fireplace. And at the same time, the, the uh, producers set up a second champagne area over to one side and then suggested to, to Hannah that she go to the champagne area. And, and they directed her specifically to Chelsea's champagne area. But then Hannah's like, but I, this wasn't, I didn't know. Look, there's another bottle of champagne down there. How was I supposed to know? Yeah, it seems okay. like a legitimate mistake. Right, but very much a, 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 pro, a production-driven drama. That lasted for, what, four episodes? Look, yeah, it went on for a couple of episodes where they were snark, snarking back and forth at each other. And everybody was talking about it. Yeah. Um, another um, uh, producer-driven drama is the bringing back of people that have already been dismissed. We saw that happen this season as well. Happens every season. Somebody always comes back. Um, my favorite tale about somebody coming back is there was someone who was eliminated um, at like five or six. So before he didn't even get a hometown. Okay. And he was off the show. And this was actually Hibbert's season where everybody knew it was JP. And there was very little drama um, at that point. And they called Ryan Parks well after he was gone off the show. He'd been off the show for a couple of weeks by then. And they called him and said, we just really think that America needs to see more of you. And the hint was that if you come back, we might make you The Bachelor. Did they make him The Bachelor? No. Oh. So they t but, they, but they told him, we really think America needs to see more of you. We'll pay for you to come to Fiji and show up right before the final rose ceremony or during the final rose ceremony days during that week and try to persuade Ashley to... Uh, to to let you um, date her again and and ryan parks even told them i have no interest in dating her i know i know who it's going to be i could tell you who it's going to be <clears throat> can you promise because i'm certainly not going to propose to her mm -hmm. so can you promise me that i'm not going to be put in that situation if i come if i agree to come and um and they said oh yeah there's no way she's going to going to go along with it we just need you to come and do this mm-hmm we think America needs to see more of you. And, 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 and he was very much into alternative and sustainable energy. So he really kind of wanted to be the first Echo Bachelor. It would have been kind of a cool bit. Yeah. So he went back. He went to Fiji, took the free trip to Fiji, spent a couple of uh, days afterwards mm -hmm. before he came home. But he went at the, at the producer's behest. Um, that happens a lot. There's no way for a cast member to know where they're moving on to next unless production allows them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, every season there's somebody who comes back. Um, a couple of seasons there have been contestants who suddenly got on. Um, ben Flanick had somebody who had a crush on him from watching him on Ashley's season who was a, a past contestant on another season um, who came on episode two. Um, that's happened a couple of times where somebody 
um, from a past season has suddenly come on Nick Vial on Caitlin's season and had um, this time being yeah who being the most the most well known but um, the other big bachelor the other big producer manipulation is um, contestants going to the leads room. There's no way for the contestant to know what room he's in. What room he's in without the the without production telling them. Um, of course, the most famous instance of this was in Panama with uh, Courtney Roberts, probably everybody's favorite villain during uh, Ben Flanick's season, in which she went in her underwear and a bathrobe, and as he was coming back from a date, she was um, you know leaning on some stairs in front of his door, and they went skinny dipping. Um, in the ocean. Wow. Yeah, she won. Um, she was she was vilified. She and and she's she was actually a legitimate villain. I think she was very snarky. She's great fun to watch. And her book is a great read. So as part of part of uh, the show notes, we'll we'll put a, a, a link to the to yeah. Book. Okay. So um, this sort of brings us to sort of the last topic, which which you hear in conjunction with the Bachelor Bachelorette is people who are there for the wrong reasons. Yes. Okay. So. Um, with the advent of social media, it's been fun to watch how the show changed. You used to get more sort of professional people um, as contestants. The contestants had sort of more interesting jobs, um, more interesting professions. Um, but it's a great chance to make an absolute fool of yourself and, and damage your reputation. Yeah. So over time, you got less of that. But what you were replaced by were um, this assortment of models and personal trainers and social media influencers people who needed followers so they could push products and it's all it's always been true that contestants got um like the women i know get get a, a couple a couple pairs of jeans or shorts and a bathing suit and then they're responsible for all their own clothes except if you make the finals yeah um but um, but they have no problem getting boutiques or, or lines of clothing to provide them with clothes to wear. Yeah. And and some of the blogs simply concentrate on the fashion and will tell you oh, what, it, what it was that they wore and where to find it. Oh, absolutely. No, if you're in one of the women's seasons here, like, that's a... Men as well. Especially yeah. especially shoes. So it's, it's interesting. So... You have the advent of influencers where their only job is working social media and pushing products. Jordan would definitely be one of those guys. Yeah. So you have a lot of male models. You have a lot of female models. A lot of pageant queens. Lots of pageant queens. The last three seasons um, have seen at least three um, Miss USA contestants, so women who had won their state. Yeah. Um, and, and for that reason, all know each other and have competed against each other before. And, and that's talk shit about each other. And talk shit about yeah. It's always been an interesting dynamic because they don't like each other. No, they were competing against each other sometimes weeks and months ago. Yeah, and have been and have been competing against each other for a while. Yeah, so uh, so it's an it's an interesting thing that that more recently um, we've had a lot of beauty queens as well, but you get a lot of pharmaceutical sales, um, sales reps, realtors. Yeah, um, and it's people who can take up to eight weeks off their job yeah i'm thinking about it for one thing i would 
it's one thing I've always thought about is like, what do you do with a job at the end of the day? Like, do you ever get to go back to it? Because I mean, like, if you work at like a law firm or something, do you get to go back to it and still have any sort of reasonable reputation when you get back to it, if any? Yeah. So that's been an interesting thing because um, <coughs> now Kelly was a lawyer, mm-hmm. but again, Kelly, Kelly, until the very last episode, had a very positive edit. Um, hard to know what happened there because she wasn't invited to the Women Tell All. I noticed that too. I didn't see her there. She was she, not. She was not invited. She and Natasha, who was also a major character, mm-hmm. um, were not invited, and it's hard to know why. Um, but she was Didn't very. Natasha leave on like, in a kind of a, a bad way almost. She she did, but still, I would have thought she would have been invited. I mean, the more controversial you are, the more they love you. Um, and and the men and women tell all really kind of feed the spinoffs, and we'll t- we'll talk in just a second about um, some of the spinoffs that are. Um, that the show is sort of uh, created mm-hmm. um, because there are actually um, quite a few spinoffs. Really? Yeah. I'm, only, I'm really more or less aware of the one. Okay. So, um, so, so the the men and women tell all. Um, you can kind of tell from who they sort of feature there, mm-hmm. who might be included in a spinoff. And I think because Kelly was sort of no nonsense, and I think kind of made it clear that she wasn't in for all their manipulation. That might have been why she wasn't invited, but it's very rare to see somebody who makes it to the final six not be included. I was surprised. Okay. There are actually even, because we don't know who, who wins this season, there are actually theorists out there who say she wasn't invited because she's the one he actually finally chose, which which I means she was let go at six, so I don't see that happening. No, no, I don't yeah. see that either. Okay. So when we talk about spinoffs, the first spinoff was Bachelor Pad. It was actually sort of a survivor in a hotel okay. with all these competitions. And um, you got to shoot, you, and, and these attempts at love matches where, where um, money was either shared or not shared, the ending could be kind of brutal that way. So you had two seasons of Bachelor Pad, and then you had Bachelor in Paradise, which is the, is the one that, that most of us are familiar with and has continued on. Yeah. And that's where you bring in, you start with um, six girls, six guys. They start to pair up, and then each week um, you bring in two more, and two have two have to be let go. And they go on on really cheap dates, actually, really cheap kind of crappy. Well, there, There's not very much interesting. But I mean, it takes place in 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 Mexico. But it all takes place within like the one. One resort. One little, like, resort thing. So, like, it's not like you can go too far out. You're going to go to dinner in town. That's a date. I mean, you got you get to you get to leave the house, you get to, you know. Yeah. Um, but they stay at the resort, and they actually, from from my standpoint, I think, get to know each other better because they spend real time. Yeah. And there have been a couple of marriages already divorced um, that have come out of that. <laughs> but, um, and a number of engagements have come out of that um again only a couple of those have, have stuck um but you have bachelor in paradise during the olympics you got during 2018 bachelor winter games Ooh. which was more like bachelor pad in terms of being a competition it had international and this is one of the one of the the uh interesting things right now as we see there's there's been bachelor slovenia when we were in Japan, we saw Bachelor, Bachelor in Japan, Japan. Which, um, we, which we both thought thought was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, um, because trying to sell that whole concept, 
Um, there's right now going Bachelor in Canada, Bachelor in Australia, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Romania, Brazil, and Japan are all active right now Ooh, wow. as international shows. So when you have Bachelor Winter Games, they will feature... There was a, um, a bachelor from Switzerland competing. There was somebody from Japan who spoke no English. Um, you know, they're from Canada, from other places. Yeah. So you have Bachelor Winter Games. Um, this summer, because, again, we have an Olympic year, we have Bachelor Summer Games. And, again, they'll be, it, it, they're living in a house. They're competing against each other. They're small competitions, all, and most of them athletic. Um, but the, the intent is really to pair people up. Yeah. Um, going live right after this season of, um, of Bachelorette. Bachelorette. Uh, well, while Bachelorette is filming, going live during this season of uh, right after this season of Bachelor, is something called Bachelor Presents. Listen to your heart. We've been seeing ads for this. This yeah. is really bizarre. So this is where they they have um, eight people who are all um, singer songwriter performers. Okay. And they're pairing them up. And you can switch around who you're paired up with. And it's set up for drama. Oh, absolutely. Um, so there have been a number of, of, of spinoffs. There's also now a traveling live live show called Bachelor Live. And Bachelor Live is, um, is emceed by a couple of past leads. Becca, okay. Becca Kufrin being one of them, Ben Higgins being another one. Um, I think it's a rotating list of them. And a couple of Bachelor contestants. And then they have people from the audience or people they've selected locally um, who get to sort of play like dating game and get paired up. So is it dating game live or is it just... Kind of dating game live is, is my kind of understanding. But you get to meet potentially um and this is something that would take place in a small small auditorium not not a big venue the, the civic center maybe yeah um but um the intent is to sort of introduce and make some matches in a live setting okay screams screams absolute failure to me but, but that's okay hey, sometimes the biggest failures can, can be big winners oddly enough yeah well and to talk about big winners so who else has monetized The Bachelor besides The Bachelor? The, ba the Bachelor or Bachelorette um, wins his time slot every week. Oh, I would imagine so. It's a huge 1.9 viewer audience, and um, and, and it's, it's a big thing, 2.6. They score big numbers. Um, but the other winner in this is there are dozens upon dozens upon dozens of, of blogs and podcasts um, of, of all sorts of different flavors. Um, there's also a heavily... Um, trafficked Reddit. There's heavily trafficked Facebook pages. Um, there's a couple of um, bulletin boards. Probably the most most well known of those is the Bachelor Bachelor Forum. Um, that have on ongoing dialogues and have people people sleuthing what locations are based on screenshots. Um, yeah, the, I would imagine if you're a fairly well traveled person, that that might actually be a fun game for you to try to figure out where. It, where they are, and they're trying to match. They're trying to match screenshots from from hotel websites. Speaking of the nature of hotels, what I do love about Bachelor Bachelorette is that they go in and they take out the room numbers. Yeah. Which I always find hilarious because I'm just like, it's just a. Oh look, it's this hotel door without a room number on it. As a hotelier myself, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You have to yeah. Take off those room numbers and then put them back on. 
to me, that's like anybody walking down this hallway, that's a giant screaming flag of, guess who's over here? Yeah, but on the flip side, what you don't want is people trying to break into or ransack a room so they can just be in the room that The Bachelor was in. Absolutely. Yeah. So so I, I get the logic of it. Or you get, or you'll get people who know what room it is, and then everybody always wants to stay in that one room all the time. I want to stay in the room that The Bachelor stayed in. It's like... I've gotten that so many times at my hotels. I want to stay in the room that X, Y, and Z person stayed in. It's like... It's okay. a thing. I guess. It's, it's, it's a thing. Don't, I, I can't imagine anybody would do that for... So so the largest number of the blog podcasters are, are, past, are past contestants. Okay. Um, there, there, are, there are exceptions. We'll talk about some of those. But um, my favorite being Charlene Joint, who has a wonderful thing in Flair Magazine. Um, she, she does a... a fairly short, very readable um, recap every week that is more of an emotional recap than it is a step-by-step what happened. It's not a step-by-step, it, it's not a play-by-play. Okay. Um, but she'll give you her take and she has, and I'm gonna have you read one of them. She has a very good take on Victoria. Oh. So so um, I'll have you I'll I'll have you read her. She was on Juan Pablo's season. She let herself go um, right before, at number five or six. Um, she is an opera singer and she had an opera date and she wasn't going to cancel her opera date because she knew she wasn't interested in Juan Pablo permanently. Um, but um, but enjoyed the experience quite a bit and, and she would strike you very much like Kelly. She was very practical. Okay. Well, I mean, if and, you're an opera singer, you kind of, that's not an easy profession. And yeah. And it seems like something in which you would have some professionality in. So she, she offers a lot of insight. Um, another one of my favorites, um, and this is a, a podcast, is Olivia Caridi. She's from um, Chris Solis's season. She was a villain. Um, but she actually um, has a, her degree is actually in media. Um, and uh, and, she, and, and he, she openly admits that this show ruined her career um, because she was... Um, hoping to be a newscaster had done some some news and sports casting um but got such a such a bad um edit that that she could not go back to that um she's she's a little snarky in a nice sort of way um very insightful and not bachelor nation either is is, uh, charlene joint um those are both sort of sort of um Spoilerish. Yeah, more spoilerish. Although Charlene doesn't doesn't spoil, she'll give you her top three each week, and she'll give you the reasons why. Okay. And she doesn't spoil, but but Olivia will. Um, and her her podcast is called Mouthing Off. Um, like honest. Everyone's, everyone's got a podcast nowadays. Yeah. Which is uh, funny coming from the guy who's has a podcast. Yeah, this is true. Um, ben Higgins, who was a lead, and also um, he was on uh, Caitlin Bristow's season, and Ashley I. Um, who was on Bachelor in Paradise and was on Chris Solis's season as a contestant, have Almost Famous, very Bachelor-driven. They are not going to bite the hand that feeds them. Um, and so they'll give you takes. They're sort of the darling out of, of, of production. Okay. And, um, and well-known. Um, Nick Vial, a little snarkier. He does the Vial Files. Um, but again, Bachelor Nation-driven. He's not going to give you spoilers. He is going to get... And this is true of Almost Famous, too. More recent contestants and maybe even off the current season. Oh, okay. Um, because they're allowed to speak to him. Because uh, to they're them. Because the, they're Bachelor Nation. They're Bachelor Nation. Um, okay. Rachel Lindsay and Becca Kufrin um, are the official Bachelor Nation podcast. Um, their podcast is Bachelor Happy Hour. 
Um, <laughs> again, recent contestants, um, both were um, bachelorette leads. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, so they have a, more st- a little bit more stake in this. Yeah. Caitlin Bristow, not Bachelor Nation. Um, hers is off the vine. Uh, lots of wine um, and very messy conversation. Oh, sometimes that's good. Yeah. Um, if you remember Becca from RE season. Yeah. Okay. Um, she has. Well, there's like two Beccas that season. Oh, young Becca, Becca Martinez. Yeah, the one that was like, we both agreed was like, you're like 21, 22. She was, this, yeah, I think she was 22 or 23, but he was 36. Yeah. Seemed a little creepy. But, but, but no, she's, I enjoy her quite a bit. Um, uh, she has a podcast with a friend called um, uh, Something Bitches. Or chatty bitches, chatty bitches. So, um, so that's that's as well a, another contestant-driven um, podcast. The non-contestant um, blogs and podcasts. Reality Steve, um, by far the most quoted spoiler, the most well-known spoiler of the franchise. Okay. Um, Here to make friends um, is the Huffington Post version. Um, yeah, version. It has a rotating, um, and several of these do a rotating um, list of hosts. Um, gets lots of big name contestants. Okay. Okay. Um, After Buzz TV, again, a rotating cast of hosts, um, but um, very reality TV driven. Okay. Okay. Um, Bachelor Party with Julia Lippman. Um, she's a super fan. Okay. And that's on Ringer. Um, she was one of the first. She has great connections and is friends with some members of production. So um, she offers you quite a bit of insight. On the inside, okay. Yeah, on the inside, okay. Um, there are broses. I'm sorry, a what now? Broses. So bros are um, brothers of roses, broses. So these are male fans of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Am I a broses, I guess? Yeah, I think you are. I think you are. I think you're okay. a broses. Yeah. And so um, there, there are a couple of broses um Podcasts. I, I selected two of the um, two of my favorites. There's Rosecast with Tim Kennedy. He is play-by-play sportscaster. It, it, in reality, it, Steve, by the way, was originally in sports radio. But um, Tim Kennedy does recaps, um, like a like a play-by-play uh, of a baseball game or a football game. So very much cut and dry and not a lot of meat. You get you get some snarky meat. You get some snarky color, um, but a very different way of... Um, it's how a guy would present it. Yeah. And then there's the, G and, uh, the E&G podcast. And I still don't understand why it's E&G. Um, because it's, it's... Well, I guess Jeff Keith. Jeff Keith and, and Ian, there's, there's the E&G. Ian uh, Gulbrinson and okay. um, Jeff Keith... Um, one is a comedian, the other's a tech nerd. Oh, okay. And they have, so, they have, they have crossing out. And pro- they, there's quite a bit of cross there. There's quite a bit of cross there. So, um, so it's an interesting um, take on it as well. So it's kind of kind of fun to get men's take on uh, on what is going on um, on Bachelor. I, I know you appreciate my snark occasionally. I do. But I like to think my snark is. Uh, Formulated more or less in the intention of what's the worst thing that could possibly happen that would make me more entertained. Hopefully that's what the producers are thinking as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there are, um, as well as, as these, there are a couple of books out there. Um, 
Courtney uh, Roberts um, didn't come here to make friends is a good one. Um, there's another book written by a former producer that goes into sort of um, not just this but all reality TV that's quite good. Okay. Um, if you really wanted a feel for maybe what this is all about, I would suggest Unreal. Watch uh, a watch a couple episodes of Unreal. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it just regardless because I, I like. I'm the guy that will go out and get the special features DVD collection, and when I get it home, just watch the special features first before I actually watch the movie. Yeah, so this is sort of lifting the curtain on what's happening behind the scenes. It, it Some of it's very unsavory. <laughs> you get to see some of the manipulation and um, and the discomfort some of the producers have with, with going through with it, too. Um, but some of the manipulation that happens. Um, you know, as an example, during Colton's season, he was very clear that he wanted Cassie, and he absolutely lost it when, during the Fantasy Suite week, the production arranged for Cassie's father, who was very much against this, um, Cassie's father to fly to the, the Fantasy Suite location and talk to his daughter. And when Colton realized that that had happened, because she she tries to break up with him during their their fantasy suite evening, um, when he realizes that production had done that, he literally jumps the fence. And he's a former football player, but when I say jump the fence, it's a six-foot fence. And he literally jumps over it. And then what happens to Colton? They have to go find him. They're literally in the countryside in a van screaming out the window trying to find him. No streetlights or anything? No streetlights or anything. Oh, my goodness. What what on earth happened to Colton? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that that became a very difficult, dicey situation. It's one of the, the few times when it didn't end in a proposal. There are actually several times. There was one. One of the leads didn't propose to anybody. He let both the girls go at the final rose ceremony. Oh wow! Yeah, Juan Pablo um, refused to tell the the winner that he loved her. Would tell her he liked her very much after she gave him this lovely, um, "I love you. I can't believe I'm so fortunate to have met you. You're my soulmate." And then he said, "I like you very much, and I'm not going to propose to you, but I'd like to continue seeing you." And then at the after the final rose, the hint was that he was going to propose. And they kept going back at him with, don't you have something you want to say? Don't you have something you want to do? And he absolutely refused. And he still refused to tell her that he loved her. It was, it was so horribly uncomfortable for um, poor Nikki. Um, but um, with Cassie, um, she made it very clear she wasn't going to accept her proposal. And, um, and so they just agreed to date, and they're still dating. <laughs> it's been, been a year. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, again, I mean, how quickly can you learn somebody in what's basically, like you said, eight weeks? Well, it's why most of these relationships fall apart. They're not realistic. You don't really know the person. You really haven't had those kinds of, of conversations. Do you think we've probably got more bachelors or we got more uh, relationships out of Bachelor of Paradise instead? Because I think I think I think so. I, um, I I think at least they leave the show knowing a little bit more of what they got because they got to see somebody day in and day out, first mm-hmm. thing in the morning, last thing at night, um, and have rather than having these exciting adrenaline-filled dates, actually got to spend time on the beach talking. Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious. A lot more conversation. And that's like a six-week endeavor usually, or it actually is only only twenty, usually twenty-one days. 
Ah. It's broadcast over over right. like eight Ten. six or eight episodes, but it actually only films for like three weeks. Wow, that's a short turnaround. But again, yeah. I mean, like that's yeah. not a bad three weeks to make money. Yep, and that's a sh- that in I, I I should mention, um, leads get paid anywhere from our. My understanding is Deanna only got ten thousand dollars for a long time. The the running salary for a lead was fifty. I think it's gone up to a, basically a hundred now. It's my understanding the reason why the Netch Bachelorette isn't a return season of, of um, Hannah Brown was because she was demanding more money and they weren't going to pay her that. That Hannah Brown wanted to do, they were going to do Hannah they Brown? Wanted, my understanding is they wanted Hannah Brown as the Bachelorette again, and they, but they couldn't come to a monetary agreement, and that's why they ended up with Claire Crawley. And it's going to be an interesting season because Claire turns 39, and she'll be the oldest lead ever, male or female. Wow. Prior to that, it was Ari at 36. So so a number of the contestants they'd already chosen mm-hmm. um, based on it being being possibly Hannah or Chelsea was the other one I heard. Chelsea and Tasha was another one that was in the running. Um, women who are, who are considerably younger. Yeah. Um, they've already had cast um, several 25 and 26-year-olds and they've notified those, those guys. That, that they're not going to be on the show after all, and they're still casting right now for for uh, Claire's season, which begins filming, I believe, on the 18th. Of, of this month? Of this month. Ooh, that's yeah. a short turnaround. Yeah. So, um, and that's because there's something sort of unsavory. They got a lot of complaints during during Ari's season, and also during Juan Pablo's, Juan Pablo was in his 30s, um, over having contestants who were 20, 23, 24. I mean, on this season, you have... I think four or five 23 year olds. Yeah, and even even then, I mean, like, somebody who's 39, you have maybe a bunch of 26, 27, maybe 28 year old, maybe 25 at, at worst, or, yeah. or possibly even younger. I mean, like, that's almost a full, like, by the time this It's person, a decade. <laughs> it's well over a decade. I mean, yeah. by the time this person was graduating high school, you were, you know, they were starting school. Like, that's yeah. a real turnaround. It's a real difference, yeah. So, um, so my understanding is that they, they're still casting because they've had to recast um, for some of the younger a, people that were chosen. And it makes you wonder why they chose such an older person for that as well. I mean, like... I think the, uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen Tasha. But, um, one of the, the controversies regarding the franchise as a whole mm-hmm. is that there's very little minority. Um, this season was was perhaps a little better. You had probably um, maybe four black women, four or yeah, five. Yeah, you had a couple black and black and women, a uh, Vietnamese, a couple you know, a couple of Latinos. That's the one I don't see a lot. Is a lot of Asian women on. on you there, don't. Which is, you which don't. Is quite. Odd. I I think that maybe a, a, a cultural thing. A maybe? cultural thing. Yeah, um, but but um, we've only ever had one black lead. And, yeah. and no Latino leads, um, unless you consider Juan Pablo, who, who is Venezuelan and blonde and blue-eyed. Uh, um, but, but we've only had Rachel Lindsay as a lead. Um, there was a lot of, of desire to have uh, Mike Johnson as a lead um, yeah, for this season. He was black, and, yeah. and, and they didn't do that. Um, so it would have been nice to see Tasha Adams as, as a lead. Um, and I understand she was one of the final people they were considering. See, what I would find interesting is if they were going to do an older bachelor or bachelorette, like, have a slightly older cast, too. Yeah, and I think that's what they're trying for. You know, like, if you're going to have somebody... I think that's why they're they're still casting, is to have the older cast. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I think most people agree that this particular cast for this current season was one of the worst ever. Oh. They were just mean. 
uh, very catty and very catty and and very immature and I think some of that is that you had so many uh, women in their 23 24 25 yeah yeah so so um, in terms of, of pay though um, the contestants are are um, not compensated really their travel is free they get a couple free pieces of clothing um, there have been interviews with women who said they went once they were cast they went out and spent five or six thousand dollars on clothes because they have to have all these evening dresses for cocktail parties um, can't and uh, you can't yeah renting that would be difficult yeah so um, so contestants are not compensated the lead um, the most I've heard a lead paid is a hundred thousand um, there was some some talk that Emily might have been paid more than that, but um, but for the most part, that's that's the number you hear. Um, however, um, Bachelor in Paradise, they're paid, um, I think, per episode they appear on, and they get a couple thousand per episode. So um, so they actually are compensated. Everybody on that show is compensated. I'm just thinking of people who you know basically have to quit work and. Or take some sort of extended absence where they're not getting paid for it at all, and they still have an apartment and everything else to pay for. Yeah, because I mean, you're, yeah. you know, even if you're gone for eight weeks, you still have all your stuff somewhere that you have to pay for, even if you're not enjoying it or using it. Well, and and um, you know, the leads frequently are something that are announced last minute, and they'll actually enter into contracts with with more than one person. But they have the ability to terminate the contract. It's a one-way termination. So there's the famous story of Luke Pill, um, who was on JoJo season, and um, he was told he was going to be the lead, and he um, placed all his stuff in storage and and uh, terminated the lease on his apartment, and was ready to get on a plane when they called him and said, "Oh no, it's going to be Nick Vial after all, and and we're not going to use you." And that was apparently like two days before filming was supposed to start. Wow. Yeah, so there have been things like that that have happened. That's that's a short turnaround too. I mean, like especially if you go to rent a you know, storage space and get out of your lease of your apartment, like that's. Well, you, you know, so suddenly he was left having to. He, he wasn't <laughs> booking. He was a performer, and he wasn't booking musical gigs, and um, because he needed to have that those eight weeks open. Yeah. And um, and suddenly here he was without a place to live and without work to do. So, so there have been stories around that. That's really shitty. So, so to wrap this up, homework. Um, for your homework, I will, I will send you links um, to Charlene Joint and Flair. Okay. Um, talking about Victoria. And then um, to the interview with Luke P. Okay. That would be interesting. Okay. And then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, um, the official podcast. Okay. So that you hear what, what sort of the difference there is. I'd be interested in that, yeah. Yeah. So I got some listening to do. You got some listening. You got two things to listen to and one thing to read. Oh, awesome! Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's but I think so you'll, I, I think you'll enjoy it because they each give a different flavor. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Um. And so yeah. So my mom did the tutorial today. That was awesome. Quite knowledgeable about this. She has several pages of show notes. I am yeah. most yeah. most impressed. Uh, but you can we'll post every we'll post all the show notes as well as links to. The articles and podcasts on our website at nerdtutorialpodcast.com. Uh, we'll post it up again as well on Facebook, so you can, we can continue the discussion there at facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorialpodcast. 
We didn't even get to drinking games. I forgot about drinking games. Oh, I want to. I'm waiting to do a. Uh, we'll hit that next week. I'm waiting to do a draft actually for 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 Bachelorette next season. I really want to do a draft and maybe even one for um, Bachelor in Paradise because that'd be. I, I absolutely think we should do do some sort of pull for Bachelor in Paradise next next week. We'll insert into our our discussion uh, drinking games. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And parties. Um, it's a thing. <laughs> and I, we saw parties with Peter. That there was, are big, big people come in costume. We'll talk about that. Alrighty. Um, so we'll see you guys again next time. And mom's gonna, and we're going to do some homework here in the meantime. I've got some stuff to listen to. But we'll see you guys again next time. And, and thank you for uh, listening to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast. Yep. You can catch us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Facebook. Face, and Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, look forward to hearing you again soon so from mom bye bye, bye.